Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale stats. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off showtime and potential. So this week, we have an official Sunnydale Stacks poll. Ooh, fancy. I asked the stackers, who is your favorite potential slayer? Mm-hmm. We have many ties for last place. <laughs> Tied would be Chloe. Yeah. Uh, Raven likes her because she was on Lizzie McGuire. I, that is literally the only like thing I remember about her is that, oh, she was also on Lizzie McGuire. I hear. She's adorbs. Like, she's, I think she's cute. She just didn't get anything to do. No, she, kinda, she didn't. Well, she was one of the also rans. Exactly. Uh, Eve did get a vote from Ooh. Megan. Okay. You like the ones that are dead that we never actually see. Yep. It's just the evil or the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy is a fan of Rona. Okay. Yeah. I like Rona just fine. Yeah. Uh, Luke likes Dawn. Not technically a potential, but thought she a was. A potential potential. A potential potential. I like it. Any Really, any young female character on the show has a potential potential. I, I had, uh, along those lines... I side with Hannah, who mm. says, because imbued at the end of season seven mm-hmm. and all young women, we're all our oh. favorite potential. Not you. You're male. But all of, yeah, all of us get to be slayers. And <laughs> I'm I'm totally on board with this. Yes. I can I can learn how to fix the windows. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, we'll, we'll, we'll teach you some carpentry. Oh, you guys know carpentry already? Oh. <laughs> Uh, next, we actually, Amanda got several votes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She, she kicked some butt. Yeah. Almost. So in second place, very close, close, uh, close, uh, running here. Second place is none. They're all terrible. Oh, God. <laughs> it was neck and neck there for a while. Ooh, that's a Brewster's Million situation right there. <laughs> none of the above. And in first place is Vi. So, yeah. I mean, it's Felicia Day. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like that one's kind of unfair. It's because, like, you, she is good. Yeah. As a as, in in her role as potential, but it's also just so hard to not just see it as like Felicia Day. Sure. I mean, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think? Who's your favorite potential? Well, as far as like who I'm always entertained by on screen, mm-hmm. I would probably side with the poll. And say yeah. bye, Felicia yeah. Day. She's very, she's just so watchable. She's just very, she can take like a line that I feel like a lesser actor would be like, it's a throwaway line and just make it so entertaining. Yeah. But if I'm going for like, who's actually an interesting character, mm. um, I'd have to go with Kennedy. Oh, you're the only one who voted that way. <laughs> I, we'll get into it, yeah. I think, in these episodes, because yeah. I'm trying to to not make prejudgments about her this time mm-hmm. and judge her as a character, not on her reputation. And okay. I th- I think there's an interesting character there. 
maybe more more episodes in the future will make her a little more we are unforgivable. Fight so hard. <laughs> It's going to be so great, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just right. Get out the fighting bell and get on your boxing gloves. You and I are going to throw down. Um, yeah, I there's a lot of runner-ups for me. I like Potential Dawn. I like Amanda. I like Vi. I really like the idea that I'm a Potential yeah. in my when I'm <laughs> years old. Still a Potential Slayer. We'll never stop. Um, Wait. I know... We may have talked about this before. Hmm. When at the end, I guess spoilers, if somehow you've gotten this far into our podcast and not realize that we spoil everything. Um, so when we everyone spoil becomes... everything. <laughs> By the way, Kaiser Associates, Kevin Spacey. You're probably not going to watch that anyway because of recent events. So I don't feel bad about spoiling Bruce it. Bruce Willis with a ghost <laughs> the whole time. Um, in Die Hard? Uh, <laughs> but when everyone, every potential Slayer becomes a Slayer, does that include babies? <laughs> Punch yeah, like, like that's dangerous. Like that, because babies kick. Yeah, <laughs> babies don't know what they're doing. If they have slayer strength, all of a sudden, even like uh, with their little bodies, I'm gonna say puberty. Okay. I'm gonna say it hits at puberty because they never, okay. they've never talked about a potential being activated as as a literal child. Yeah. Okay. Um. That, yeah, I'll, I'll do like a gremlin's rule of like after midnight isn't like as silly as it sounds. There's mm-hmm. it's a more complicated rule that that's just an easy shorthand. I mean, it's very I mean, like X Men is always they always yeah. talked about puberty. Uh, so my my first place I have to say like when you say like potential slayer, what I always picture are the two shots from Chosen, mm. the two gals I we never get their name, the one girl standing up to being beaten. Mm-hmm. And the baseball player that's suddenly going to knock that shit out of the park. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two gals are my everything. Now let's head into the Sunnydale Stacks and open the books on Showtime. Showtime! Rona arrives in Sunnydale by bus, mm-hmm. and the bringers are there to welcome her. Aww. I hope they brought a gift basket. I mean, they are bringers. They should bring some more gifts. They absolutely should. You mm-hmm. know, get some some hummus mm-hmm. and some... She's had a long trip. She's a little... You know what, they should also get hummus just to cover up those eye wounds. Yeah, they'd just be a little paste mm-hmm. over there. Uh, they obviously attack. They, they did not bring a gift basket. This is the first time that I... Maybe it's just in this fight, in this episode, but I've never noticed, like, some of the bringer's eye makeup is not great in this fight. Like, some of it looks a little, I'm just wearing the generic bringer mask. Fair. I feel like there's also the, um, there are some episodes when you've got multiple vamps that it feels like they didn't have time to do a great job on the forehead bumpies. Yeah, it it feels like probably one of those things that they just didn't have time to like shoot around it as well. I just I feel like they have the same number of makeup artists no matter what episode it is, and sometimes they're just overworked. (laughs) Sometimes like you guys, everyone needs a prosthetic. Calm Mm -hmm. down. And you know maybe this cold open was a last minute change. Like oh, it was just going to be a different thing, but you know we had this uh, this old bus depot on the back lot. We've used that before. Yeah, let's have a bringer attack here. So along those lines of season seven, so cheap, 
this is like the idea that like we just threw this together last minute. This is edited so strangely. It's like yeah. Buffy's got a funny quip. Cut to the flying nut knife. Cut cut to the bringer already falling. Like mm-hmm. I would forgive this if it was a super low budget independent film, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Look, we don't have the budget for special effects. I can't show the knife entering a body. Yeah. I can't show Buffy throwing the knife because we don't have insurance for that." But this is like a major like network at least throw her phys- or show her physically throwing the knife yeah like i i'm fine with the the old-fashioned trick of like the knife already being in the person's back and it just like the camera movement and implies sure. the throw fine but like yeah i think that should be it should start with an actual throw and then you follow to the knife in the yeah it's weird just- that you just don't see her throw the knife it's like yeah. buffy knife bringer and we're just supposed to be like like i understand yeah. what happened but it's weird yeah, it's almost like if you're gonna do it that way, it has to be even more stylistic of like mm. knife quick cut, like almost like an Edgar Wrighty kind of like sure. like really tight cuts in between what happens. Well, even you saying like the camera movement mm. implies the yeah. knife was thrown. I don't think they did that. No. I think it was just a hard cut. Yeah. Meanwhile, Willow is sleeping on the floor because Kennedy is sexually harassing her in her own home no means no okay in her defense she is very young so she's still learning okay question if kennedy were male how would you feel about this these interactions someone saying i'm going to sleep in your bed i hope you don't snore and then this, like, pressuring her situation. You'd feel differently if Kennedy were male. No, and I I definitely agree that they are apparently able to get away with a lot more than you would if it was, was not a, a same-sex couple. But what I think they're trying to do, and I think they needed to do a better job of showing its downsides in, in the show proper, not just in analysis of the show, mm-hmm. is that Kennedy is a very assertive and aggressive person. And in some ways, that's that's a good quality in that she's the first potential to always want to join the fight and help. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but she's also just is, is very, very privileged being, you know, uh, uh, the other thing we know about her is that she's rich. Yeah. And that makes sense. That there's a certain amount of presum- presumption. She's to used her. to getting what she wants. Yeah. So I, I mean, and I could totally see a rich young character doing this and not realizing it's wrong. I think the problem is more the show not like teaching her that lesson. Mm-hmm. And it just being kind of rewarded as opposed to like, she's irredeemably like an asshole. Yeah, I, my problem is that they present this sexual pushiness mm-hmm. as, as cute. cute. Yeah. And like, again, it's all, it's bullshit that it's only cute because it's, oh, it's two lesbians. Like, no, any sort of sexual co- coercion is not okay. And if this were a dude in your bed being like, come join me, we would be having yet another conversation about consent. Well, and there's, yeah, we didn't leave it at season six. Um, I, and it would even like, yeah, you'd still have to change it a little bit, but it would be at least a little bit less creepy if Kennedy knew Willow at all. Yeah. Because now it's, she's known her for 48 hours. Yeah. It's like just 
I'm I'm sexually attracted to you. I don't know anything about you except for yeah. what I have heard. Which not to say that that doesn't happen in yeah. real world situations, mm-hmm. but we're not using this as yeah. an example of like someone being creepy mm-hmm. and overly yeah. uh, and pursuing you over aggressively and the conversation about like, yo, you don't know anything about me. That would be an appropriate lesson and something yeah. that happens in real life. But again, they're just presenting it as like, what a quirk. Yeah. And part part of me understands too, like what they, I imagine a conversation in the writer's room was we want to give Willow a new love interest, but we don't want it to be too much like Tara. We also don't want it to be too much like Willow because Willow and Tara were very similar. Mm. And we don't want to like basically have a show that presents like the only way for a lesbian to be is kind of like meek and sweet. Sure. Yeah. And so I feel like they, they probably just overcorrected with the, the personality of, of Kennedy. So like, I agree that there's a lot of problems there, but it also is the only character who I feel is fleshed out enough to be interesting of the potentials, really. I, don't, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also agree that, like, whoever, if they wanted to introduce a new love interest for Willow, that person needed to be more confident and more aggressive than Willow because Willow was never in a place at this point to pursue someone else. She needed to be pursued at this point for anything to happen. And I agree that, you know, yeah, Kennedy is the most fleshed out. I still say they made really dumb decisions here. If they wanted me to like her, mm-hmm. if they wanted me to have major problems with her, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But you are not endearing me to her the way that you're writing her. Mm. Well, yeah, and I, I don't think that was intentional. I yeah. think that they just fucked up. Yeah, I think that that that's it's a subtle difference. But my my bigger thing is that it, they're just presenting her in a way that she doesn't come off actually at looking at what she does. Mm-hmm. They're presenting her as as cute and endearing when she has more going on um, that's that's kind of darker in a way. And I just wish it had been presented differently. I'm kind of fine with her being like a, a little sketchy with like um, what boundaries are. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's okay to like illustrate those characters if you make it clear, like, hey, this isn't just a quirk or something that's different. This is something that's a flaw in the character. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Australian chick or Cockney. We referred to her as Australian in the last episode, but I think she's Cockney. Yeah. I I mean, accent. Sure. She, um, she, I think. Adorbs. I don't know. I'm just going to call her Adorbs. Adorbs. What's her name? Adorbs. Adorbs. Uh, she's telling the story of the spooky Turrican. Oh, and it had a bunch of chamois leather. <laughs> So she's telling this story to the other potentials that have shown up. Uh, and how many days has passed now? I mean, the continuity of the season, as far as like when every and anything takes place is all messed up. Cause there's a whole like time pocket that's lost in the last couple episodes where it's like, it's established that it's sometime in November and then two days pass and it's Christmas. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. And we never celebrate Buffy's birthday. Yeah. And her face is all healed up and she was in big pain. Mm-hmm. 
the end of the last episode. Okay, so the last we left the Slayer. Previously, I'd love you to have a Slayer. The Turrican had dropped construction equipment on her and knocked her out and then abandoned her. So she had never beaten him. He just let her go. If this is multiple days later, and I mean, at least a week, given Buffy's face and the fact that there's now like seven potential slayers living in the house, why has the Turrican left them alone? Yeah, that is... That is weird because there's no explanation of like the Turrican has to hibernate or, you know, any of the other things that would be, for instance, in the first season, why the master didn't do stuff all the time, like he was regaining his power. And we established in this episode that it's not because he doesn't have an invite. No. He does not need one. No, it it seems, I don't know, there, there must be, there should have been something to. Just like say you need the Turrican to hunt something someplace else that the first needed to do, like retrieve some amulet. I don't know. Yeah, because it's just like it's. Yeah, it's weird that he's just like letting them be. Mm-hmm. At least have the first put in a line like we're waiting for them to gather the other potentials so we can kill them all. Yeah. Okay. For them to put all their eggs in one basket. No. Yeah. yeah that's perfect. Great. Yeah. Uh, Xander has a weird moment here where he's like, oh, y'all are talking. I want to get some sleep. He's So he says like, oh, I want to sleep. And then he turns on the light. I'm like, I mean, that's not going to help here. It's a weird, it's a weird TV moment about like, yeah. no, when you want to sleep, you keep the light off. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing was just like, just add a little bit of a, I guess I'm up now. Yeah. There you go. Great. Season seven. So cheap. <laughs> Season seven. Just three lines would have fixed so much every episode. <laughs> Andrew is supposed to sleep in the chair, Aww. which bothers me because there's no way that's happening. Not if you're me. Well, and just like the kind of sleep you get tied to a chair is not going to be restful. I know. I guess they don't, bed they sores. don't care. Oh, God, I'm, I have so much sympathy for him here. This is sounds terrible. This is where he gets that great line. I'm bored. Episode one bored. <laughs> uh, remember when we all tried to convince ourselves it was good? <laughs> I feel like everyone did. I still don't understand that goddamn movie because I can't pay attention. It's so boring. It's not even that it's like that confusing. It's just it's so, so hard to pay attention to. It's that. It's that like at some point every time my mind wanders about like, oh, this is terrible. What's going on on Facebook? <laughs> why, why do I care? <laughs> so Buffy takes Rona home. Giles is still not touching stuff and has not taken off his coat. He's just very chilly. He runs cold. This all makes sense if he's actually the first, but given the fact that we know he's not the first, this is weird as shit. Maybe it's just like, you know, all these potentials, they don't know me yet. I need to like make sure I look real cool. He's just walking around not touching. It's, I mean, and given the fact that like we think this is like a week later, so he's been home for a week and a half. Just, take off your fucking coat. Just not touching anything. And again, here's some weird editing. I don't understand what happened with this episode. While Buffy's talking, it cuts to Andrew. Usually that would signify cinematically that like, you know, Andrew's suspicious for some about something, or Andrew has a reaction, or what she's saying has something to do with Andrew. Nope. 
I honestly think they needed to ADR her line, so they just cut to Andrew. Yeah. Season seven. So cheap. <laughs> so cheap. Oh, and it's just, it's such a bummer because it, it feels like everyone's trying, but like they just skimped on the last season. Come on. It just feels like they took the characters and the actors and they were like, uh, we're going to give you our like C rated crew. Mm hmm. So, like, you have editors that have never done real TV before, like student editors. We're going to be the interns. And I honestly don't feel like the real Buffy writers wrote these. We got we got the other guys working on One Tree Hill. That's our, our cash cow <laughs> right now. Uh, so we have Eve, the Southern Belle. Oh, boy. And with a bad accent. God bless her. If this is actually her accent i'm sorry but it sounds like the fakest yeah cartoony huckleberry yeah. hound accent to yes. me yeah. and it just makes every scene with her so annoying because it just feels like i'm watching a sketch character in the middle of buffy right like um not annabelle adorbs the cockney australian chick yeah. i granted i don't know if she's cockney or australian mm. but whatever it is I love listening to it. Yeah. She's adorable. Mm-hmm. It sounds good. And maybe that's just because I'm American yeah. and I know American accents better than I know Cockney or Australian accents. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe to someone from England, yeah. uh, adorbs mm-hmm. it is annoying as hell to them. Like, oh my God, this bad accent. Well, and I do think there's also something about because of, you know, the revelation, she's secretly the first. So she's kind of undermining everyone. It leaves most of her lines sounding really negative, condescending. And that's, and that's even worse coming in like a really overly thick Southern accent where it's just like, she's a Debbie Downer in every scene. Before I knew she was the first, it was Mm -hmm. like, holy shit, girl, you are the most like pessimistic, glasses half empty chick. Mm -hmm. And it's, oh, no, it's annoying. Uh, so they want to look into Bell Joxa's eye. Uh, only demons can talk to it. So Anya now has something to do. I thought it was Bo Jax's horseman. That would also be. Oh, my God. That'd be great. Someone edit that. <laughs> do it. Uh, so Spike is in the first lair looking not great. But oh, it was just an act. Spike's fine. He snaps the bringer's necks. He breaks his bonds. He's got those high kicks. Just really just. Chorus line shit going on. And then Buffy's there. Oh, oh it's just a dream. Womp womp. Just a dream. He's still stuck down there. That was good. Because mm. that that sequence when he's, you know, breaking out is so mm. exciting. Yeah. It's just like, ah. Oh. And I even knew it was fake, but it's like, I just, I'll just keep going. <laughs> it was great. And he rides out on horseback with Buffy. That'd be fine. Is it shirt off? I'm sorry. What happened? His shirt's always off. He's got those crop circles out. (laughs) That's right. He does have signs all over those. (laughs) So the first is trying to break his spirit. But Spike's just whispering over and over. She will come for me. Uh, Oh, buddy. She will. I mean. Yeah. It'd be be kind of funny in a very dark way. She's never did. (laughs) She's like, I got other shit to worry about. (laughs) He's more of a liability, really. (laughs) I mean not wrong uh anya's asking favors of an ex mm-hmm. uh, he has no interest in sleeping with her no. she's a gross human Ugh. gross who would be attracted to her <laughs> but- 
Even if you put on a roller girl outfit. Yeah, that would be like, I don't know why that would be You should cool. just try it and see what... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, why? I mean, she's probably got that in her closet still. <laughs> uh, but uh, Giles and says, says, you know, or you can just help us and we won't have the Slayer kill you and all your friends. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Do you like how they refer to again kittens as currency in this scene? Yep. Glad to keep that through line. <laughs> uh he Giles is so great in this scene. He's when he's being Ripper and he's being all threatening, it's very is it doesn't for me. He's very attractive. <laughs> I think I think it's the it's the way that he gets that like it's not even a half smile. It's mm-hmm. the like trying not to smile smile. Yeah. It's that it's that smile of mm-hmm. confidence that you're like, mm-hmm. oh hello, Ripper. Oh. Giles does not smile like that, but Ripper has the like Ooh, letting the Ripper out. Mm. Cause Xander does the same thing when mm. Xander's being like cool Xander and yeah. he just gets that like confident smile that mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, hello. Oh hello. Hello. So X Ugh, cuts his hand in a gross way because he's got horns on his hand for some reason and opens the portal and it's gross. I don't like it. Seems almost like those those are the purpose of the horns on his hand. Probably. Like that's all they're good for, really. It's just like cutting your own letter home. openers. Great letter openers. I mean, how many letters is that guy getting? Just think outside the box, Mark. Mike. I, I will think outside the box by pretending my name is Mark. <laughs> I mean, it's we have only done a couple episodes. It's okay not to know my name yet. Kirsty. It was honestly because I was thinking of the word box and that ah sound and mock and mark. And you didn't call me Moxie? <laughs> that's that's it now. Okay. Now you're Moxie. Congratulations. Oh, just like my favorite soda. You did. So the coven calls the Summer's house. Uh, they said a potential arrived two days ago and has been holed up in a hotel the whole oh. time. Buffy is listed. You just go yeah. over there. I mean, they did tear that one page out of the yellow pages of the bus station. That's so. the only copy I mean, in the whole town. Her? Yeah. Google does not exist. Buffy... In a white shirt. Bumpa, white shirt out. Releases Andrew with the threat of a misery type punishment and then goes to pick up the potential. Ugh, misery. I can't watch that. I can't do it. Don't like uh, James Conn? I can't. Uh, it's the uh, ankles. Ankles. I like my ankles the way they are. Oh, I'm glad you like your ankles. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other one of Slayer Bees are training in the basement. Uh, despite Eve being a Debbie Downer mm. yet again. Yeah. Just Jesus. Yeah. It's just one of those scenes where I, I don't know what they're trying to do with the potentials in that. Yeah, I get Eve is trying to sabotage, but it's really hard for me to get on a character's side when all I know of them is squabbling with other characters I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Like, it's just hard to start caring about them. Yeah. I like, I like the whole idea of Eve and like seeding her as a potential. It turns out she's been the first the whole time is yeah. great. And I definitely was watching. She doesn't touch shit. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it just makes for some scenes that suck to watch because she's annoying. Well, especially on like the second time through when it's not like, 
ooh, that's a big twist. And it's just like, well, I know what she's doing. And now everyone else is just like going along with it. And everyone's just kind of being negative. Ugh. Yeah. So Felicia Day is by, um, just, I, I think the other reason that she's so endearing mm-hmm. this season is she is basically high school Willow. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Just awkward, but mm-hmm. lovable and just yeah. trying to be everyone's friend. I just mm-hmm. love her. You just yeah. love her. She is, she, she, yeah, she's season one Willow. Uh, Rona is the person who's never heard of Slayer lore. So thanks to her, we get like the explanation of the exposition. And I know that she's also kind of negative and has a bad attitude, but it's in a way where I like it. She feels just pragmatic. Yes. Whereas like Eve just feels like, oh, you're just. You're just a real bummer. A little whiny about it. But Rona's a little more modern about yeah. things and just like, uh, y'all, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. I said y'all. Rona does not say y'all. Y'all would be an Eve thing to yeah. say. I think I think Eve has infected you with her <laughs> Eve ill. <laughs> At the motel, Buffy and Xander find Eve's dead body. <gasps> ba ba bum. Then who's in the basement? Oh, the call's coming from inside the house. This was a good reveal. Yeah. No, like the first time through this episode, I feel like it's a lot more effective. It's just the second time, it's like, oh yeah, she's evil. Yeah, but I mean, like the yeah, definitely the first time I remember being like not seeing this coming. The first time, <laughs> and get it, she's Eve, like the first woman. Uh-huh. Oh, except for Lil. I feel like this is like seeding Caleb coming in <laughs> anytime they bring in. Uh, guys, Caleb is coming. <laughs> Just a barrel of laughs. <laughs> Nathan Villian's most charming performance. <laughs> I love him so much, but I hate that. Okay, it's fine. We don't have to talk about him this week because he's not here yet. Uh, <laughs> my next note is so wrong. It's supposed to slay. Say. It's supposed to slay. <laughs> 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 oh, we're already it's off the rails. Just like no, it's supposed to say that Andrew says, "Why can't Slayers be boys?" Mm-hmm. But instead, my note says, "Why can't boys be boys?" <laughs> Why can't boys be boys? You know, just, like back in the day. Why boys be boys? No, uh, but why can't Slayers be men, <laughs> dude? It's just not getting it. Check your privilege. <laughs> men have enough. Give us this one thing. Well, and I love it's just like another callback to how I feel like you so much in the sixth season of like almost being like comment threads personified. Yeah. Uh, of just like the dumb shit you see on the internet. I'm like, come on. Yeah. No, this is absolutely that. Uh, but I do like Dawn's reaction of like, Buffy said, if you talk too much, I'm allowed to kill you. I love how even Dawn, dorky teenage Dawn is like, you're such a dorky tool. <laughs> Just, Buffy comes home and confronts fake Eve. She's been spending the last two nights getting to know the girl, seating doubt in the Slayer, and lets them know that tonight she'll be sending the Turacon. Oh. Shit. I mean, why tonight? But anyways. Moving on. He had, you know, Turkan still needs to catch up on the wire. Yeah, so. he had, sure. Stuff to do. He just needed some me time. Yeah. Anya and Giles talked to Bell Jox's eye. This thing 
Oh, uh, it's sweet. I fucking love this I, thing. Uh, it's it's one of those things I love when Buffy or Angel get like this, like the weird extra dimensional kind of Dungeons and Dragonies shit. Great. But just like, it's just like kind of people walking into it. I mean, yeah, I know it's an ex-demon, but still like, it's like, we're just going to walk into this other dimension to talk to this eye in a cage. Well, and that and like. It's practical. Yep. We're that, not getting uh, shitty CGI. Oh, if this was yeah. CGI, it would ruin it <laughs> C- so hard. CG. Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is great. And just the idea that like, it's obviously a mm-hmm. soundstage because yep. everything except for the eye and the two characters is mm-hmm. just black. Yeah. But that makes it cooler. No, that's, that's fine. That's like a cool way to have what, what do you want? Like the Star Trek thing of it just being like a blank desert or. Yeah. I no, they, this is great. Like the whole black and then the wind. I love it. Yeah. Uh, he says, this is not, this is all happening, not because the Slayer died, but because they brought her back. Mm-hmm. I have to say, as much as I love this thing, and it looks so cool, and I kind of want to touch it. Don't you want to touch it? Like kinda Just like, a, ooh, I want to poke it a little bit. Um, uh, there's no real point to it. Yeah, they could have just gotten this from a book, I guess. Or not. How does this information change anything? I mean, I feel like it, it informs much like... How we were complaining about why didn't the Torcon just attack? Like, mm-hmm. why is the first now trying to like destroy all the slaves? Okay, that's yeah. Okay, you're right. Because and, if it wasn't yeah. for this, we would be complaining like, why now? Why yeah. didn't she do this five years ago? If it's fair. Yeah. Okay, fine. I I do wish they'd gotten a little bit more something a little bit more active from it. Like, oh, now this is a thing we can pursue about the first mm-hmm. or the bringers or the Torcon or anything. Or if this information, like I'm trying to think back, like does this, and I don't think it does, um, inform the eventual plan with the scythe and mm. Willow's goddessy spell? Does inf- this information seed mm-hmm. that? And I don't think it does, but it would be cool if it did. I mean, I feel like it, it might, in the in the way of like just setting up that the slayer line isn't infallible in a way of like okay. you can mess with it you know but not not as like not as neat as in say uh the last jedi how they set up i won't spoil anything they set up something that happens in the third act that i know people have complained was not set up but if you actually watch the movie again they set up everything that happens in the third act as being possible with the force um and like something like that, where it's a little clearer, the steps, the progression to it, I think would have been cooler. Mm-hmm. But this still kind of opens the door a little. Yeah. So given Eve's revelation, the potentials are scared. They want to run and they start fighting amongst themselves. Meanwhile, the original Scooby is just keep like this really intense eye contact, which later on is going to be awesome. Yeah. Right now, it just feels like. God, why is everything just a sad bummer? Yeah, this action, what this makes me think of is like when you have a good friend and you're like, something is happening nearby and you just look at your friend and you guys are having that conversation in your head about like, this bitch, am I right? Or like somebody in the grocery store is doing something annoying and like reaching Mm. past your nose to get 
that coffee you no. wanted and you just look to the person next to you like this yeah. asshole. I was like, oh, I saw it. Yeah. Um, so th- on first viewing, that's what it seems like is going on. It's just yeah. Willow and Buffy staring at each other like, oh my God, mm-hmm. these whiny babies. But it, Xander's outburst. What? Is <laughs> so great. And it's going to be so great ne- uh, when we see it uh, after the revelation of um, the telepathy. So Eve sends out the Turrican, bring us around the house. I wonder what their neighbors think is going on. Yeah. Like this is one where it's really hard to cover up. that There's a bunch of guys in robes. Um, yeah. That one's a little weird. I do want to point out one thing that right before this, there's a, a bit where they're like arming up. Mm-hmm. And Kanae has the line like, oh, I've been using crossbows since I was eight. But like, it's clearly like a medieval crossbow, not like a... She's been training as a potential slayer. Okay, I guess. She's the like the only one who like, no, she has legit yeah. training. But like, why are they using medieval crossbows at all? I just figured that was like yeah. a, a, like, hey, this is what Buffy could pick up. But like, why... Why would you not train with like a modern crossbow? Wouldn't that be better? Yeah, definitely. Sure. It seems weird. I just say Kennedy is making up for her first impression here. She is the only one that's willing to fight. She sticks up for Willow, mm-hmm. which totally earns her rounding points with me. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why why she sticks up for Willow. She just doesn't know her. Um just wants to bone her well but the, and then also she loses all her brownie points when she mocks dark willow she's mm-hmm. like mm, i'd kind of like to see that dude no but that is a great moment for Willow, though of like no you wouldn't yeah yeah and i get that like she does just doesn't get it yeah willow makes a barrier um I, this is such a big goof that i rewatched this scene several times and then i had to google it because i was like is this a goof or what's going on here you can see a cable on the door yeah where because the Turrican busts down the door but because it's you know tv what they actually do is they pull the door Mm -hmm. in with a cable and the cable is like in the middle of your fucking screen yeah i was very confused like i kept watching it like no, that was a part of a magic spell, or that was something that was supposed you threw to throw a grappling hook through the door. What's going on? And then I had, you know, that's definitely just a major goof. I don't yeah. even know how they were supposed to, like, if they were supposed to computer affect it out, or if they were supposed that was to so crop. Expensive for I feel like they were what, supposed to crop it yeah. as a closer, like a medium Probably, shot instead yeah. of a wide shot, but it is it just didn't get so sh- obvious. Or it might have been something where, like, they were supposed to shoot it differently so that wouldn't show and they yeah. didn't, but they couldn't afford to redo a it. Different angle. Yeah. Season seven. So fucking cheap. <laughs> Season seven. Second camera. Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> don't have the money. Don't have the time. Don't care. Uh, so Willow even goes black eyed. She says she can't hold it and mm-hmm. tells everyone to run. Buffy takes a running leap at the Uber vamp. Ugh. Running leap and splat. Just bah, bah. Nope, nothing. Uh, but it was instructed to kill the potential, so it disregards Buffy. Oof. No good. Oof, my goof. Xander sneaks the potentials onto a construction site, and they whine the whole way there. Okay, I think I just... I may have figured out... I don't agree with this because it's not stated, but a potential, pun intended, yeah. reason they didn't send the Turrican right away 
is because they knew that they were going to do the Eve plan and they wanted to get as much intelligence as possible before an attack. Yeah. Now, would it have been nice if they had had one line of dialogue saying that? Yes. I think that would have helped. Yeah. So we wouldn't have to figure it out at the end of like an hour of talking about the episode. Also, like the reason that that's weird is because her her spending the two nights uh, with the potentials, I understand it's going to have ramifications later. Mm -hmm. Eve pulls some major shit later on. But like sending the tour con is not at all affected. You didn't, there's no strategy here. What she learned did not affect this plan at no. all. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say, oh, she finally sent the tour con because she can't get any more information pretending to be She's Eve. She's going to le- thin the herd before she uses her Eve knowledge. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, it's still, still a little clunky. The tour con shows up at the construction site, but this was part of Buffy's plan all along, whoa, whoa, whoa. including dramatic lighting Ooh, and the most unnecessary flips. It's showtime. Showtime. Uh, the potentials climb scaffolding to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- I mean, this is a great line. Yeah. Buffy says, I'm the thing that monsters have nightmares mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Like, that's one of those like cool things that like a, a, a show like Buffy or Doctor Who can do where it's just like you can afford to have a badass line about how mythological your main character is and it doesn't feel out of place. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Andrew, because he simply can't not, has to say two men enter, one man leaves. Sure. Yes. Technically neither of them are men, but fine. Mm-hmm. Dawn works it out. This entire show was planned. And this is where we get the flashback to the telepathy while the potentials were arguing. Buffy and Xander and Willow were communicating in their minds. I read something online that, like, questioned whether it's a, you know, continuity or logic issue that Buffy communicates with Willow telepathically. I think that's why they have at the beginning, Willow, can you hear me? Yeah. Because it's established that Willow can do that, and yeah. she's like connected to a great power. But so she hasn't you, done it for a while, so yeah. just double checking, like, hey, hey, if I try to communicate with you telepathically, can you hear me? And she's like, oh uh, yeah, totally, dude. Yeah. And I, and so I like, I don't get how like it, it just seems like one of those things that I don't get why that isn't clear. Yeah. The only thing that's unclear is like how Buffy can control it or is Willow listening to their thoughts all the time? Well, I think it's it's the intention of I'm trying to like send sure. my thought to you. Yeah. That Willow hears and then it's like, oh, we're going to talk telepathically now. I'll like set this up. Sure. Yeah. There's some effort into mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah. So this fight is not going well. Buffy is getting her ass kicked and once again did not bring a weapon. What is with... Oh, she knew episode. this one was going to yeah. happen. She planned it. She could have weapons everywhere. She gave another potential a she sword. Traps. Just keep the sword for yourself. It's just... And like, I get the idea that part of this is to like, to show the potentials like, we're going to get through this. I'm a badass. We're going to save the day. So you don't want to make it like, Oh, and then we lured this guy into like a, a trap where he just blew up a bomb. Brains over brawn. But like, 
You could still have a weapon. I don't think any of them would be like, well, that's not fair. She had a weapon. I think it's better to teach the potentials to be smart and yeah. have a plan and use your fucking brain and not just count. And the whole point is use your instinct. Mm-hmm. Don't count on just the potential. The Slayer has strength. Mm-hmm. That was part of her lesson yeah. or is part of her lesson in the next episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she jabs an arrow in its eye. What is with this show and eyes? <laughs> Gnarl! The Turrican! Sander! Oh, thank God Beljax has got out with all of us. <laughs> that would have taken so long. <laughs> and here I am like, I just kind of want to <sighs> touch it. Uh, so the choreography is not great. At some point, it just r- resorts to them taking turns punching well the thing is it it slows down as it goes along which is great if it's if it's shot in a way that feels like as the fight is going on they're getting tired yeah like everything's feeling more heavy and like if it's shot like that kind of fight like in they live Mm -hmm. there's a great like super long fight where they both get tired at the end and it just becomes like slow punches and it's it's a it's a battle of attrition but it's not really shot like that it's just shot like and then they just kind of slow down a bit because because and I, I really hate any time any movie just resorts to I punch you now you punch and there's no blocking. No one's keeping their hands up to block their face. There's no clever use of the environment. At the, I mean, at the very even if you're tired, keep your fucking hands up. Yeah. Block something. You know, if I punch you, I know the next thing is, that's going to happen is you're going to try to punch me. Yeah. I just, I hate it. Uh, so she uh, ends up taking off his head with a barbed wire. Most decent CGI of the season so far. Absolutely. Hey, you know what would have made this easier? Sword. Yep. You wouldn't have to grab random wire. Fucking sword. Not even like sharp, like, because barbed, yeah. barbed wire has pointy parts, yeah. but it's not really like sharp. sharp. Yeah. So I get it. This takes a lot of muscle. Mm-hmm. But once again, brains over brawn would have mm-hmm. been better. Oh. And then you can just feel this speech coming. You know oh, it. Are you saying that there's a speech? Thank you. Yes. Golf clap. Uh, it's just basically we're going to win. That, that's the point of this speech is we're going to win. And that's like 90% of the speeches. That's it. It's like I'm fine with monologues and speeches if they have a point. Yeah. But and I like and inspiring people mm-hmm. is, can be a point. But you don't like, yeah. Episodes are different than 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 a movie, sure. But still, in a season, there's a, a a way in which it is part of a whole, and that you don't in you don't do the big rousing victory speech twice in a movie. Yeah, and I don't think you have to do it every other episode or towards the end every episode of the season. Exactly. Like maybe twice. Yeah. Have like the we're gonna inspire everyone to victory speech and then just find other ways to make an episode. Yep. You literally did this at the end of the last episode. And yeah, it and maybe if you had saved it to this episode, that would have meant more. Sure. Yeah. Although I think it meant more at the end of the last episode when she's got her yeah. beat up face mm-hmm. and she's yeah. like, This, this is nothing. We're still yeah. gonna win. We got mm-hmm. this. Like, yeah, just honestly, like, head come off, just like, any questions, end of scene. Oh, my God. That would have been great. That yeah. would have been fabulous. Mm-hmm. That would have been badass. That is cool, yeah. guys. Don't look at explosions badass. Yeah. 
Why? Uh, and you know what? If if you're short on time, we could add some wacky hijinks in Belgrixus's layer. Sure. Where they're talking about like, you know, hey, what what happens when we get something in your eye? Nah. I could I could use all all the Belgrixus talk. I do appreciate her ending in here of here endeth the lesson because not only is that like callback, we like that line. It's a cool fucking line, but it immediately makes us go, Hey, what's going on with Spike? Hmm. Cut (laughs) to, he doesn't have a guard anymore. Yeah. So, uh, Buffy appears to Spike. He thinks it's the first. Mm -hmm. And the only reason we don't is because the she scar. has the scar. Yeah. Yeah. Or is Which, cheek? yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a nice touch of just like, because how else are we going to like, yeah, we'll find it eventually. But I like. I like, yeah, I like watching his reaction that he's talking back and he he's exhausted, but he's not falling for it. And she just cuts him down and the look on his face, <laughs> it kills me. And like the kind of, I think it's trying to get stability because he's yeah. so weak, but also a little bit like when he touches her shoulder, yes, he he needs to put his weight on her. But I think it's also a little bit like, can I touch you? Yeah. Are you real? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So what do you think of this one? Um, A bit of a mixed bag. Like there are parts of it I like, but it's it's got a lot of the problems that this season does mm-hmm. throughout. Of having way too many characters and not really serving any of them enough, but also feeling like it has weird cul-de-sacs that aren't serving enough people. There's some cool fighting, but then the fight doesn't quite line up exactly how you'd want it to. So it's, I'd say it's fairly representative of the season. Yeah. Yeah. That's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. It's definitely like... Same thing I think I said in the last two episodes. It's got some cool parts. Yeah. I like Bell Jocks's eye. The Eve twist was yeah. cool. Um, the idea of setting up this tour con fight and the telepathy is cool. But if you say to me which episode was showtime, I'm just gonna say, Well, it's the one where she kills the tour con. Yeah, I won't remember anything else like as specifically happening in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the middle of the, the season feels like there's a lot of episodes like that where they're all like plot points happen. Yeah. And some of them are connected, but in which episodes? I don't know. There's like there's nothing happening thematically. Yeah. Everything just kind of feels like not a continuation as in like to be continued, which I'm fine mm-hmm. with. Yeah. We have like a three-part episode, mm-hmm. cool, but just very much like Oh yeah, there's the tour con. She fights and loses, and then she fights and wins. It's almost like it, in a way of the of an old fashioned soap opera where it's not necessarily that each episode tells a story. It's each episode you check in with the stories that characters have right now. Yeah, which I mean, yeah, I guess that can be done well. And in, in something like the previously mentioned, the why there's definitely episodes that feel more like that than like one thematic thing is happening this episode. But there's so but, many episodes in Buffy where you accomplish that while also having a big thematic thing. Exactly. And that's that's not what this show is or is about. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work as well for this show. Because yeah. even, yeah, you can have episodes that are definitely more about the overarching big bad of the season that aren't just monster of the week. But it's still a show that at its heart wants to work as like you could watch an episode of Buffy and have a good time. Yeah. Even the stuff like go fish or bad eggs, 
Like, I know what those episodes are about. I can also recall that they checked in with the Angela storyline yeah. during those episodes. Yeah. And it's not saying, yeah, you can't have, you know, elements of, of even a, the most one-off of episodes that check in with the major storyline, but they should be about one thing more mm-hmm. than anything else. And I, I guess that's the Torcon fight in this episode. But we had a Torcon fight in the last episode. But yeah, but that's, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, it's about that time. We need to take a break and hear from our sponsor. Becky, pick up your room. Make me. Young lady, you've been on your phone all day. Why don't you go outside, get some exercise and fresh air? I don't wanna. Mind your elders. Bite me. Does this sound familiar? Does your teenage girl show an absolute lack of respect for authority figures? Does she sit around all day in desperate need of exercise, nature, and nurture? Does your teenager lack a sense of purpose or depth? Jeez, Dad, you're so lame. Enroll your child in potential training camp. Our after-school program for whiny, annoying young ladies was founded by the original Slayer. Once a whiny teenager herself, Miss Summers learned the importance of discipline and physical fitness, fighting ceaseless hordes of godless monsters to the death. And now she's passing that knowledge on to our kids. Before a potential training camp, I spent my evenings laying on my bed, texting my friends. Now I'm running drills with the real Slayer, learning self-defense and enjoying the beautiful sights of Sunnydale's vast array of cemeteries. Who has time to text when life is so brutal and short? My daughter is not only in better shape, but has a better, quieter attitude. The pressure of taking on the Slayer mantle in the future has terrified her into soothing, existential contemplation. Life is fleeting. Nothing is permanent. We all eventually die. Enroll your daughter in potential training camp. She has potential, and you'll finally get some peace and quiet. I'm so empty inside, but at least I can do flips now. It's time to put Showtime back on the shelf. Showtime! Because <laughs> I watch HBO. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> We're hacks. <laughs> <laughs> open the books on potential rona and vi are patrolling Mm -hmm. and are attacked by spike Uh oh will it be by felicia for real (laughs) Uh, i do like the line from rona like oh because the black chick always gets it first which I appreciate, but I, I think I may have said this on the podcast before. I think is an incorrect but understandable cliche. Okay. Because I think it is very common for the black person to definitely not make it out of a horror film. But I think almost every single time they do not die first. Hmm. Interesting. Like I, I was like trying to comb through my mind of any time. Any horror movie I can think of, which is commenting on that. Fair. All right. Which, like, it even made jokes about it in in that movie. Yeah. So it's already making comments on on the cliche. It's much like how, like, Fonzie never put his thumbs up and said, A, on Happy Days. But there's footage of Henry Winkler doing that 
once it had become the cliche of what the Fonz does. Oh. He, had, he goes A and he puts his thumbs up, but in the show, he never did both at the same time. Hmm. So it's like one of those things that became a like common knowledge cliche, but I, I mean, I'm sure somebody will listen to this and have like 40 examples, but I can't think of any offhand and I yeah. watch a decent amount of horror films. You do, you do, yeah. So like, I feel like it can't be that big of a cliche, but it's become the cliche that everyone goes to. I, gotcha. I feel like the more appropriate one is like, well, I'm not going to make it out of the, the horror film, which yeah. is definitely like most of the time true. If there's a black character, they usually don't make it out unless it's sure. like, Post Scream Two, basically. It's like if you were in a, a yeah. sci-fi movie, and you were like, "Oh goddamn!" And I'm wearing a red shirt. Yeah, yeah. But this is an example of like Rona's attitude. No, yeah. Even though she has an attitude, I just find her funny, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. Rona's like, "Oh, it's not fair because I don't have Slayer strength," which BT dubs. Neither does Willow or Dawn or Xander or Giles, but they have staked plenty of vamps. So you need to stop whining. Buffy tells them to trust your instinct, which will be a theme in this episode. Uh, Buffy's lesson ends with her trying to take off Spike's shirt. And again, I like Rona. That's hot. (laughs) (laughs) And this is sweet how it's very, you know, especially given the way that their relationship turned out in season six yeah. not even just the bad ending but the bad middle part too yeah. that this is so innocent that he's just like oh i in, my ribs hurt and she's like concerned and wants yeah. to take care of him and doesn't understand when he's like hey don't take off my shirt i'm yeah. please don't I'm, is, I'm good don't do that appropriate yeah it's just it's very innocent and it's interesting to watch like a reverse relationship mm-hmm. one that started out like nasty mm-hmm. <laughs> is now cute yeah that is that is a, a good way to look at it that is kind of only possible in stuff like fantasy or sci-fi where that wouldn't make sense no in real life it's, it's become like, a romantic comedy but it did not start out that way no it's like a reverse red eye <laughs> yeah <laughs> the next day the girls are being girls uh <laughs> And just kind of like chatting and mm. hanging out. And Buffy angrily throws an axe at the wall. But like. Got down. What the heck? She was not to my. It doesn't seem like she was in the middle of a lesson and it turned into chaos. No. They were just hanging out because all work and no play makes the sloppy slayer. That old saying. I just, ugh, she needs, no. And then, of course, because she's now angry, it's time for another speech. Which, again, says nothing. Uh, and, like, the, the part that annoys me so much is that they integrate large chunks of dialogue into the rest of the episode, the episode well as I'm teaching a lesson while action is happening on screen. And that works a thousand Great. times better than, yes. let me, you know. You're seeing an action, a, a lesson play out in real time rather than I'm watching you talk. I'm watching a basement lecture. Pace the basement. So very interesting. And all she's saying is, you're going to die. A slayer breathes death. What was the point? Why did you just wanted to scare them to get them to stop talking? I think you did that with the axe. It's just another one of those things of why, why does this set up what you need to set up? I guess about, you know, Don's mixed feelings about being a slayer and that later on that just a couple lines of dialogue wouldn't. I don't, I don't yeah, get it. Yeah. The idea of like a slate of a potential being like, 
misinterpreting the idea of a slayer being immortal or mm-hmm. that like, yeah. but you're so strong. What could hurt you? And her explaining like, yeah, dude, slayers don't live past 20. What the mm-hmm. hell are you talking about? Yeah. That would have been, I've already died twice. Yes. And a dialogue is more interesting mm-hmm. than just monologuing. It just immediately me brought me back to death is your gift, which I never found interesting. <laughs> At least that had weird dream in it. Sure, it was something. It wasn't just pacing the basement. <laughs> so Don's feeling a little unspecial, yeah. which I totally get. Yeah, like, and they do a much better job in this episode than in you know past episodes. Like which season six or five when she was being kind of bratty. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this is really sympathetic because mm-hmm. it's not just. My sister's not paying attention to me. It's like everyone's life has this grand purpose. Yeah. And I might as well not exist because I can't help. Mm -hmm. And also everyone's ignoring me. And now she has like 12 pseudo sisters. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really relatable that we've all felt obviously not in relation to a slayer. But like, what, what am I doing here? Like. Does my life have any meaning? You see, like, somebody else you know being really successful in yes. some way. Or, like, uh, you know, if you're somebody who, doesn't, who isn't in a relationship, somebody get married or somebody doesn't have kids, see them have kids and, like, what am I doing? Should I be doing that? Am I doing – am I – is my life okay? Am I doing – everyone feels that yes. at some point. Yes. So it's really relatable and universal in a way that, like, oh, my sister's not paying attention to me. Yeah, I guess it's not really about that. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the moment when she, you know, it's like, okay, we need to get back to training because one of you might be the slayer. Don, don't you have homework? Yeah, Ugh. that just feels uh, so much, oh. that I feel that so yeah. hard in my being. Like, mm-hmm. oh, don't I got you? I got you. That sucks. Buffy still goes to counseling where she meets Amanda, mm-hmm. who wants to know when a guy picks on you. Does it really mean he likes you? Oh. And there's some uh, uh, connection with Spike happening here. It's a little. But we got to focus up here. <laughs> I know it's hard because your only experience is falling in love with vampires <laughs> or people who get addicted to vampires. Or Parker. <laughs> or Parker, who is some kind of eyebrow monster. <laughs> He's like um, Bart on Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately the second you said eyebrow monster I was like yep that's the image I mm-hmm. got <sighs> so yeah <laughs> uh, Stuart turns home uh, and Willow has news from the coven there's another potential in Sunnydale but the potentials that are there have to train they have a special lesson planned for tonight so Willow does a spell to find the Potential, potential. Oh. <laughs> get it. Well, see what I... No, I, I potential, no, I, potential. I get it. Okay. It's, it's, it's an adjective and a noun in this show. Cause buffalo, buffalo. Potentially. Buffalo, buffalo. buffalo. <laughs> uh, so this spell, in the spell, a light will illuminate their way to this potential, potential. Um, and oh no, a smelly rotten eggs light attacks Dawn. It's the, I think... First, and I'm going to say only time my notes will include the word egg fire, (laughs) (laughs) which at first, like, I didn't remember the scene. I was like, what could that possibly mean? (laughs) Eggs on fire. Yes. That's That's how that song goes, right? Okay. 
Uh, so this, we think, oh my God, Dawn's a potential slayer. It makes so much sense. You share blood with Buffy. Mm-hmm. You are literally a part of her. You're, you're made of magic. <laughs> that kind of all makes sense. And it's all very exciting and terrifying mm-hmm. at the same time because, wow, I might be a superhero. And kind of this thing that I've been wanting the last couple of episodes is going to happen. But also I might die yeah. very soon. And the only way I become a superhero is if my sister dies. Although, I guess we can talk about how... the. Kind of doesn't make sense, but yeah, no, it, it no, you're right. It's if Faith dies, yeah, <laughs> unless off screen another potential was activated. I don't think so. I think that it's got to be if Faith dies. Yeah, I wish it had been that, and that that was addressed at some point in the season because I think that's a more interesting way for it to have worked. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing to show that that's how it no. worked. Um, so all this. Stuff about like, oh, it's only if Buffy dies. Just seems unlikely at best and probably inaccurate. Yeah. Oh, it'd be funny if someone had a line here about the idea of like, Dawn and Buffy could both be slayers if only Faith dies and have them be like, we're fine with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> they would be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's a Xander line. Like, I think we're fine with that. <laughs> I think it's a Willow line, really. Oh, well. Because Xander's still kind of crushing. Willow was always very anti faith. Mm. So Don recalls Joyce's. But wait, that's. <laughs> that's before Willow kind of, you know. Oh. So is she I don't maybe... think that's can't. Just because they're both chicks, I don't think that. But I mean, I'm just saying, Faith is a very attractive person. Oh, sure. So, like. I don't. I don't know what. What maybe that's. I also feel like let's taste. Let's put it this way: Nathan Fillion is an attractive person. Fuck Caleb to death. I mean, just because I'm attracted to to the the shell people of the male doesn't mean the the gooey filling inside. Right. Just because I'm attracted to people of a certain gender doesn't mean I'm attracted to every one of that certain gender. Oh, that's not how that works. Uh Oh. Uh, so Don recalls Joyce's message that Buffy won't choose you, and I don't understand why. What does that have to do with this? Uh, because Buff Buffy bad. <laughs> Buffy does not choose the next potential. It's weird. It doesn't it's, make it's, sense. It's not like with their dying words, they like take off the Green Lantern ring and be like, <laughs> "To Dawn." <laughs> It I it really feels like the writer's like shit. We never did anything. With that. Uh, I guess this works. Or like the thing of uh, the this was something that the mom said that was like uh, bad about Buffy and Dawn. What was it? I don't want to go find that script again. It, it probably works for here, right? Good. Good. Uh, Dawn sneaks out, which has always been her go-to move when she's upset. Meanwhile, the potentials go to a demon bar. Uh, I like this punk that they're like, we want a drink. Like, yeah, get him some yaks milk or whatever gross thing they come up with. And I like the looks between her and Spike. But like, yeah, because vampires drink whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the, the really great editing joke of everyone in here wants to kill you. Hi, Clem. <laughs> <laughs> He's so radly. I love him. I do not like crappy CGI face explosion. What is this? Phantom Menace? Well, and especially, like, how can you not just have, like, the ability to make a anything that from the back looks like something might be coming out of the front of his head? Well, and 
we've never stated that Clem can do this, does do this. It doesn't make sense with his theater. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Help. He's got like all the flappy skin that like, if that were to like just, expand out. Uh, stay away from CGI. Season yeah. seven. So cheap. Or if they're going to do it, have it be in a way of like, you just hear like the sound effect of like something happening to his face, but you don't see like little snakes poop, poop, pooping out from behind. You could have done that practically. Yeah. Just cut up some gross skin stuff. And yeah, you could have mm-hmm. done that. Yeah. You know what looked better? Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Large March? Yeah. Yeah. Looked better. You know why? Practical effect. Mm -hmm. Dawn runs into Amanda on the sidewalk. Amanda has a cut on her forehead because some fiend (gasps) attacked her at school. Uh Uh-oh. And I like Dawn's line, did it scratch with its teeth? She trapped it and was looking for help from Buffy because she just kind of heard that Buffy could do that type of thing. Uh, and Don says, I can help. I can take care of this. Which, go Don. Yeah. Great confidence. I'd uh, get back up. Uh, yeah, not a really smart decision. I appreciate you. And mm-hmm. I appreciate... Fucking kick ass. Yeah. This was dumb. Well, and doubly dumb because she shows that old summer's trait of not bringing fucking weapons. She is a part of Buffy. <laughs> when you know. No you weapons. No. You were specifically going to a room uh, to fight a vampire. And you don't have Slayer strength yet, even if you think yes. you're a potential. I appreciate that. And you're yeah. like, I'm going to have to learn to do this. The other potentials have been fighting in twos mm-hmm. and still sucking it up. Yeah. And sh- and like, you definitely don't know yet that a man is a potential. You, all you know is that she's somebody who almost got killed by a vampire. Why would you just bring her and no weapons into a fight? And if you're going to say, like, we don't need Buffy, grab another Scooby. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to. Mm -hmm. There's You're like a block from your house. There is no reason to not grab another Scooby. Hubris, hun. Yeah. Uh, Amanda wants to sick the vamp on the marching band. I like that I wrote this note. I don't remember which way I intended it. Either Amanda is a little psycho or Amanda is a little psycho. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she's that's the other reason why I think she stands out as a potential slayer mm-hmm. is that she's she's like shy, kind of mm-hmm. the way Vi is, but also like <laughs> a little psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Just between the like, so I beat up a boy because I like him. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the like, Wouldn't let's take a vampire on the marching band. Like, you might be crazy, yeah. girl. Uh, so the vampire got out of the classroom, which of, uh, how did you lock the door from the inside so that it wouldn't open or lock the door from the outside so that it wouldn't open from the inside. This has fire hazard. Yeah, that should all not over. be a feature in a school. That's classroom. A, a prison feature. You're never yeah. supposed to no. able to lock someone in a room. And like, there's ways around that where it's just like, oh, you like fix something on the door from the outside so sure. it can open it. Yeah, something. Yeah. Not a chair because it opens the other way. But like. It's not like he's a dog who's just like, I'm trapped in a room. He's He can still figure out how to work a door handle. Yeah. If it was like, like a squiggly window. Yeah. If it was like a squiggly monster. Mm-hmm. It was, say, uh, the Queller Demon. Sure. <laughs> just cuting around up on the ceiling. <laughs> Speaking of the ceiling, that's where the vamp is. Yep. Who I, I like to imagine he didn't know they were coming. He was just like, I hope somebody comes through that door. 
I've been up here for two hours. He's with vampires do blah. <laughs> He's hanging like a bat. I'm a vampire. I like how you assume he has a Dracula voice despite the fact that he's dressed like a biker. Well, that's just it. He's, he's acting like he's fucking Dracula when he's, he's not, no. not fucking Dracula. <laughs> he's acting like fucking Dracula. Not, they are not sexually intimate to my knowledge. They could be. Uh, so more fire safety problems. They go on a chase through the halls and I, when they get to a crash bar... Which the purpose of a crash bar is in the name in case of a fire or a stampede or a mob, any sort of evacuation. I am passionate about fire safety. It is part of my job. You should be able to crash into that bar. And it opens. And it opens. It doesn't open from the outside, but anybody that's stuck in that building needs to be able to get out even after it's closed. I'd call this a fucking emergency. Why is the crash bar not working? It really does seem like in that weird, you know, couple seasons ago, Principal Snyder way that the school is deeply complicit in all the murder that happens. <laughs> they they build their school in a way that it becomes a death trap. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which considering the last school was a death trap and burned to the ground, maybe yep. you should have been uh, you more responsible about it. Figured this. it out. I do like that you could see a poster with a little yellow guy on it with a shadow. Um, as someone to do with attitude that I just have a very intense memory of being at some school I went to at some point. <laughs> so I like that bit of set design. It is very accurate. Oh, I thought you were going to say widespread panic. And I've been no. like, it's been a while. Been a while. It's a different band. Speaking of fire safety, Don. Speaking of different bands. <laughs> Speaking of fire safety, Don elbows the glass to get the fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. And this is my goddamn nightmare. Yeah. I am... I've never used one of these things. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that if I never need to uh, put out a fire, I'm going to panic and not be able to work a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I did have once um, at my school fire extinguisher fall off of its hanger and just a cloud of white dust filled the, the whole. You weren't at work department. the day that happened? No, I was not. Yeah. Um, I guess that happens a lot, guys. <laughs> it did happen at our job like last year. I, I think I remember coming in like the next day or something. And it was still everywhere. Yeah. It filled the building. Yeah. And that, yeah, that stuff, uh, really fills a room. I've also been <laughs> in, uh, the, the building when there was a, an actual fire that had a fire extinguisher used. And that stuff gets everywhere. Yes. Uh, so instead she bonks the vamp in the head. Mm-hmm. Go down. Yep. Meanwhile, Buffy is showing the potentials of crypt. These vampires love Pearl Jam. <laughs> you guys, uh, I'm usually fine with handheld camera movement. Blair Witch Project did not make me nauseous. What the fuck is up with this scene? Why is it handheld and why is it jostling all over the place? Maybe maybe it was somebody new working on it and they thought the show was created by Jostle Reed Whedon. <laughs> It's not an action scene. It's a nope. lock that shit down. Put it on a steady cam. Put mm-hmm. it on. What is going on here? You should much like Buffy does to the girls. Lock that camera down. Right. Season seven. So cheap. We can't afford a tripod. <laughs> it's like we just like there's got to be some furniture. We could just set it on. Put it on a fucking bookshelf. As Buffy fights a vamp, she gives. <laughs> A speech. <laughs> now this I don't count as a speech because it's it's 
like as action is going on, yeah. I'm not going to do a clink. It's well, she she's giving a lesson mm-hmm. as she's fighting the vamp. Yeah, so I'm I'm not going to give this the, the the official speech count, but watch yourself, counselor. <laughs> but her lesson about fighting vamps is intercut with Dawn mm. fighting a vamp. Yeah. This is a great way to do a speech and a mm-hmm. lesson. This made it very yep. interesting and even made Dawn's fight more compelling. Mm-hmm. Dawn and Amanda barricade themselves in a classroom. Just as Buffy says, know your environment. <gasps> Buffy use, or Dawn uses what's in the classroom. Mm-hmm. She hits the vamp with acid because yep. she's in chemistry class and breaks the flag to make a stake. Mm-hmm. It's very unpatriotic of you, but I'll, I'll allow it. Well, and it's it's kind of interesting because you could you could read it either way because she's obviously trying to use the environment, but she also like doesn't know what the acid is r- right away. Can't break the flag. You're right expecting away. her to have more of a plan because right yeah. before this, she tells Amanda, mm-hmm. "I think I have a plan. Yeah. It might not work. It might." Yeah. And then, so when she's grabbing things mm-hmm. and randomly throwing it at the vamp, you're waiting for this to like coalesce. Yeah, like I'm. Faking my panic mm-hmm. to see this plan that's yeah. coming, but there is no plan. Yeah. Like, I guess mine was, this room probably has more weapons. Yeah, um, I, I'm just going to start throwing random shit. Mm-hmm. Buffy drops the stake, locks the potentials in the crypt with the vamp, <laughs> and pieces out. I love this yeah. moment. This is fantastic. No. Just... It's like a mic drop. Just drop that <laughs> piece out. And just her and Spike, just like, you guys are alone yep. now. You got to deal with it. Stop mm-hmm. depending on the Slayer to fight your battles for you. I yep. love this. This is great. Well, and I, I read something that was kind of comparing this to the whatever crucitorium or whatever it was called. The When they take away Buffy's powers and lock her in, you know, the house with a vamp. Helpless. Yeah, and then that episode. Uh, but there's like an, an official council name for it. I don't Whatever. Know. But yeah, and, and helpless. Um, that whole thing. Um, where I feel like it's significantly different because it's not somebody unknowingly having their powers taken away. Right. Um, so there's like that level to it. It's also not just a part of any training of a slayer just cause it's no, we're training for a war mm-hmm. to stop the apocalypse. It's also, and you have been training based for on this their, moment. their past training that they've yeah. been whiny about like, mm-hmm. Oh, the reason I couldn't stake the vamp yeah. is cause I don't have slayer strength yeah. or it doesn't matter because Buffy's here mm-hmm. to stick up for me. That's like, you needed this push. Yeah. And it's clear that she's been training them to lead up for this in a way that, yeah, they're not safe, but it's not like we're trying to get you killed. And if you make it good, it's like she, I think, has confidence if put in the situation, they'll figure a way to make this work. There's a, she gave them a weapon. There's yeah. 10 of them. Yeah. Versus one brand new vamp. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's. Yeah, it's they just need the confidence. It's and, it's a little tough love, but I think it's it's much different from what the council did. Yes. So Don's plan did not go well, whatever plan that was, and Amanda is frozen with fear. What could possibly make this situation worse? Uh, a bunch of window jumpers. A bunch of window jumping g- bringers. Uh, but they go for Amanda, not Don, which means Amanda's the potential and Don just thought she was. Dawn lights a burner, which distracts the bringers enough for the gals to I, run. I think it's distracting because of how terrible the CGI fire is. 
I mean, yeah, that would catch my attention. But then at the end, it seems like they're using real fire. It's like, just use that. Yeah. That was enough. And was this Don's plan? Was the burners? That would have been a decent plan. Sure. You know what stops vampires? Fire. Fire. Stops most things. (laughs) If somebody like shoots fire at me, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to that guy. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Don tells Amanda, this is your fight. I'll, I've got your back, but you need to do this. Um, no, no, it's not. Cause Don's had training. Buffy was training her before the potential started showing up. Amanda has no knowledge of this part of her world, Mm -hmm. zero training. And there is no reason why the two of them can't just fight it together. And like, she's got potential power. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day she has no powers yet. Dawn has the advantage here. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I think thematically for the episode, I'm okay with it. Also, it's Dawn. She might, as this episode has shown, doesn't always make the best choices, even if they're well-intentioned. So they could also label it as that. But I, I think it's kind of a cool moment to let, like, Amanda have, you know, the moment to shine here. I feel like just get, I mean, like, it's not about taking center stage. It's about surviving. So the two of you just do whatever you can to kill all the bad guys. Yeah. May, I think maybe it would have worked a little better if, like, Dawn sustained some injury where she couldn't really fight. Yeah, and she says, like, you need to do this. I can't move. I'm yeah. stuck. Don't worry. You have the potential. You can You're totally special. do yeah. this. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, that, that would have made way more sense. Yeah. The Scoobies arrive in time to watch Amanda's beat down, and they take out the bringers while she stakes the vamp. The next day, the other potentials are gushing about staking their one vamp between the ten of them. Oh, great job. Yeah, yeah you're mean, super cool, guys. Meanwhile, Amanda took one out, out all by herself, which, like, at mm. no point she needs to be, like, yeah, with a lot of help from Don. Yeah, and, like, yeah, the, the Slayer was also there taking care of the bringers who were also attacking me, so, eh. And not by myself. Yeah. Don, no longer special, Aww. settles into researching. And then Xander gives his you're not special, you're extraordinary uh, speech. Tells, I won't cling because this, this is not a speech no, that I'm going to protest. No, no, no. This is, he says it's, the others will never know how hard it is to not be special. Mm-hmm. I see more because no one's watching me. You're not special. You're extraordinary. Uh, it's so sweet. I love it. This is wonderful. I have nothing else to say about it, yeah. but just it, yeah. The only sad thing is Knowing what happens in the comics. Ruins it. Especially the head kiss at the end. Yeah. It makes it a little creepy. Yeah. Because, like, from everything in the series proper, we see nothing but, like, a a big brother or almost avuncular energy between Xander and Don. Don has the crush, but that's obviously, like, a little, like, kind of puppy dog love thing until... It's not in the comics. Mm. Uh, I, I still need to read those to see, like, it, does it does it not feel as creepy in the comics? I think it, as with anything, your opinion on that varies <sighs> person per person. I don't like it. Yeah. So what's the lesson in potential? You don't need magical powers to be special. Trying, despite not having magical powers or abilities, is harder and therefore just as, if not more, admirable. Mm-hmm.
Well, you can really apply that to, to everyday life. Of mm-hmm. you, you don't have to just be like an innate genius or super mm-hmm. strong or you know the best athlete in order to uh, you know do something good with your life. Yeah, if even if you don't have natural God given ability, whatever determination can make up for a lot. Yep. So what do you think about this one? Um, definitely like it a lot more than the last one. Mm-hmm. And, but there's still a lot of the season seven flaws, but it's a lot closer to what I would have liked from this point in the season. Cause mm-hmm. once we get to really like have heavy, we know we're fighting the first, we got to get the potentials. Mm-hmm. I I feel like this episode is a lot more focused than most. Exactly. That is such a good word. Yeah. Yes. And that's, I think, really what the season as a whole could have used more of. Because this is like kind of like Dawn and Amanda. It's their story. Mm-hmm. And everything else kind of supports their journey. Yes. And I would have liked episodes that were, yeah, they could still check in a little bit on other things, but really from like, one or two characters' perspectives a lot more. What I, I one that I I actually thought of that would be a really cool idea is if in this season they had had an episode that's told almost exclusively from the point of view of a potential slayer, like a new potential mm. slayer, and their take on this whole world. That would be awesome. Like that would be a yeah. really neat way, and you could still like you know have everything go on in the episode that you need to to move the plot forward, mm-hmm. but it, just having it told from a and it, not necessarily like a first person camera, but that kind of first per- person perspective of maybe they narrate it. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some kind of framing device of it's their diary or their, you know, Ooh, yeah. vlog, whatever. Um, I guess it would be too early for vlogs blog, um, <laughs> but just have something like that or just episodes where it's focused more on like two characters going on a side mission. But yeah, two characters on a side mission would be cool. Um, you know, have maybe two weeks where you see kind of a bunch of events from, you know, Xander and Giles and Anya and Willow go on to do something on the side and you kind of get like your Scooby story. And then the next week it's all about Buffy and the potentials, what they were doing during this, this particular event mm-hmm. where it just feels like so many episodes lack the kind of focus because they have to be about everything Yeah, that they're about nothing. Exactly. I think this is, what we were saying about the last episode about not having a theme and just being like little things that kind of move the arc of round along. This is, I can, when I say, Oh, um, that episode of season seven potential, I remember this episode. I know what you're talking about. I know what happens because there's a theme to it. There's a focus to it to just steal your, your word. I know what happens this episode. It does move the arc along, but it also has, a semi one-off quality um, that I, yeah, it's just better. And I like, I like the lesson of this one. Mm -hmm. I think this one is touching both from like watching Amanda blossom, watching Dawn blossom in her own way. The, um, the small bits we get of the um, morphing of the Buffy and Spike relationship and where that's going. It, the potentials going from being whiny to actually accomplishing something. Yes, yeah. It, it, no, this is this is fun. This is yeah. enjoyable. I like this episode. And it, it trusts that we can have an episode that's about you know Don, who's usually uses more of a periphery character, 
and a brand new character. And if you make those characters interesting and likable, Mm -hmm. you can rest the whole story on them. Yeah. You don't have to have every episode like constantly cutting back to like, well, it's got to be more about one of the bigger main characters. But even though they don't have anything to do this week. What's nice about this episode is the idea that like, so often Dawn, yes, is on the outside and she's, you know, that often fairly unlikable. In this instance, you realize how much we are Dawn. Yeah. We're not potential slayers. Mm-hmm. We're not superheroes. No. We are the everyday people like Dawn and Xander mm-hmm. sitting on the side going like, well, that, that would have been cool, yeah. I guess. I wish I could have done that backflip. Yeah. And that she, that makes me just mm-hmm. endeared to her for Down. kind of the rest of the series. No. <laughs> this is just brownie points for Dawn. <laughs> White shirt count for this week is one. Only one. Only one. Ooh, they are slowing down on those white shirts. Lots of black shirts. I'm getting dark. But the speech count, I'm going to count it as two. Okay. I have four. Because I counted the vamp speech and Xander's speech. Um, I I don't count either. I don't count the vamp because that's more of like a lesson. And I I, maybe I'm being too generous when I try not to count the lessons when they're, you know, not completely divorced from action. And (laughs) our lessons are getting divorced. Was I bad? Is it because of me? (laughs) Oh god. Oh, Oh, words have different meanings. Um. And the the Xander one, I I guess could count, but that just feels more like that's like a speech and more like just a straight from the heart revelation. I mean, I I love both yeah. those moments. The only reason I count it is because of the grander point of yeah. if this season weren't, ju- I mean, that's three yeah. speeches in yeah. one episode. If this season wasn't just head to toe speeches. Yeah, I guess I probably should count it. It would have been wonderful. It's just the idea that that's three. Three in one episode. And two of them are great. But like, fucking write dialogue and not speeches. No, you've convinced me. I'm not going to change the the lesson one. That I think I'm still going to count as not a speech. But my my official speech count is three for these two. Okay. Yeah. All right. So are you ready to go international? Buffy Tapaja, Vampirite. Ernie Dragon, das Rhein Fleisch Canoe. Future Rifle International. So, potential, not that great. International titles, German, the potential. French. I'm going to get all formal about it. Yeah. The relief must mean something slightly different. In like French. relief picture? Pitcher? Maybe. I'm going to go with that because that's kind of. Yeah. Amanda and Dawn relief pitcher by mm-hmm. very limited knowledge of sports that yeah. I'm just kind of using context clues to guess what a relief pitcher is. Because the um, other interpretation <laughs> I could use is the either one is kind of weird. Either Dawn's relief upon thinking she is a potential or when she finds out she isn't. And neither one of those is really relief. Correct. They're, they're both complicated yeah. <laughs> in a way that relief usually doesn't uh connotate um showtime there's really only one international title because the other ones are just showtime that's the french title exercise in style (laughs) what What? (laughs) 
exercise in style. I I have to imagine it's about the fight at the construction fight. It's construction fight, construction site. But how is that? I just, I just I want to give you guys a tour of what it's like to be in Kristen's brain. Close your eyes. Picture the construction site with its bright lights, like spotlights. Picture the concrete slab in the middle looking kind of like a runway. <laughs> now picture the Turicon <laughs> walking down the runway. Demonstrating our finest chamois leather is the Turicon. And he's got an audience with on, on either side on the scaffolding. <laughs> Mike just posed as the Turicon, you guys. You missed it. Well, it's like I'd imagine he'd do mm. a perfect model walk, but we'd still have to have his <laughs> hands out doing like yeah. weird, creepy things. Yeah, yeah. So that would be the only part that's wrong. Or like a perfect model walk at the very end, he does a pose. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. There's actually some decent competition yeah, this there's week. A lot. There's a number of sleighs, and I could see arguments for many of them. I'm gonna have to go with simply because the the sweet relief <laughs> of having CGI that's not terrible, the Turcon. Oh, um garroting yeah. his head. That's a cool way to kill a vampire. Mm-hmm. It's good CGI. It uh is like a meaningful death in the show. You could definitely argue that like Amanda's might be more meaningful, like it's definitely more meaningful for her character. But um Thurkan is definitely something that I remember about season seven and him getting like <laughs> Yeah. I went with Amanda. Yeah. I just I like the episode potential. I like the idea of this girl just first vamp first day she learns about vamps, taking it on. Yeah. Uh Flagpole's interesting, and you know I'm a sucker anytime that a non-magical person is able to take out a vamp. They get extra points for me. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember? And join us next time when we dust off the killer in me and first date when we get lost in the Sunnydale stack.